you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. All right, we're back this week. Life After Addiction. That's Bruce Stanley. Episode 3-0. Episode 30. And I'm Adam Comer. And hey, guys, this is episode 30. Gosh, Bruce, 30 episodes, man. This thing is going. It's going. Uh, We've decided to close season one with 30 episodes. We're going to take a break. Uh, I don't know how long. We'll take a little break. But if you haven't listened to all the episodes, we want to encourage you. Go back. We give testimonies. We talk about some heavy, heavy, heavy things uh, mm-hmm. leading up to this stuff. And we are closing down season one. We will start season two shortly. But go and check out some of these episodes. Go. I re-listen to these episodes, man. I need encouragement. I, yeah. When I'm mowing the yard sometimes, I'll pop, well, what is that one about identity? And I'll go and listen to the podcast about identity. What's that yeah. one about endurance? And I'll go and listen yeah, to that Yeah, we've one. had some amazing guests on the show, too, that uh, for me, I like to go back and listen to those guys, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So... Here we are. If this is your first and you're just now joining us, we are in this series. Actually, the series ends today. Uh, we've been talking about these seven principles that are found in Second Peter, uh, chapter but one. Let, let them know, Adam. We're we're not quitting, so we're, we're going to have a se- we're going to have another season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. said season two is going to okay. start soon, or I don't know what time, but yeah, we've already got some really cool ideas and also some new guests that are that are wanting to come and be mm-hmm. on it. So uh, now that we are a um, now that we are a podcast award nominee and actually hey on the 30th uh let me see it's a sunday on september 30th um which i guess that would be yeah sunday so go and listen to it podcastawards.com it's live they do it online we've had to pre-record an acceptance speech in case we win uh we've sent that in and so uh, go and watch it. I think it's like three o'clock, two or three o'clock. Go watch it online. I believe this episode you'll hear maybe a day or two before that. So, uh, go listen to it. Go see if we win. Man, we're going to let you know. <laughs> but we are excited. Yeah. Season two is coming out shortly, but we got a lot of awesome ideas brewing and this thing's awesome. But right now, we're closing out this like mini series inside of the season one. Uh, we've been talking about these principles found in Second Peter. Bruce wrote a book called Lost and Found Recovering Christ. You can go to our website, s2lrecovery.org, and that's the numeral two, so s2lrecovery.org. And we have a curriculum page. Man, you could actually order the book right there. You could look at how it's broken down. Uh, but yeah, so so here we are. We're, we're closing it out. We are the seventh principle, and uh, that curriculum, that book that Bruce wrote, that's what we teach at S2L Recovery. Awesome response, awesome response. Uh, guys being set free, loving the Lord, growing. It's a growth module. Um, so here it is. Here, here's what it says, just so you don't know. His divine power has granted to us all things. Second Peter 1, verse 3 and on. Follow with me if you got your Bible. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Preach the promises of God to yourself daily, believer. Do that. Preach it to yourself, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. Gosh, it's almost like I repeat myself so much, and that's okay. I'll tell you why. But escaping those sinful desires, if you know anything about addiction, those desires 
grip you. And the Bible right here is saying, you can escape that. The world tells you, no, you're always going to be that. You better make sure you're doing these things, these things, these things, these things, things. Mm-hmm. So you can only suppress this and it can be in remission. The Bible saying you can escape it, man. You can mm-hmm. escape it. I mean, I think just verse three and four, the ones that you just said, it's, it's the meaning of life. Yeah. In essence, it's what God's saying is this is what life is all about. Yeah. So you can escape these sinful desires and it says this, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith or add to your faith virtue or goodness. We talked about that in the first of the first week of this episode. And with virtue, you add knowledge. And with knowledge, you add self-control. And with self-control, you add steadfastness or endurance. With endurance, you add godliness. With godliness, you add brotherly affection or mutual affection. Talked about that one last week. And with mutual affection or brotherly affection, you add love. And that's where you are today. And let me just hit this before I hand it off, before I give the hand off to Bruce to just tuck his head and run with this. The reason that we're bringing this up, the reason that I read this every time, the reason that the, the principles are taught and we want guys to be encouraged with this all the time, and it might seem very redundant, is for this reason right here. Peter tells us in verse 12, Therefore I intend always to remind you of these qualities Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have, I think it right as long as I am in this body, as long as I'm alive and breathing on this earth, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. Man, remind you of these things, stir you up, because he thinks it's right. Bruce, absolutely. let's talk about love. Well, since this is the last principle, I I just want to read the other verses in here from... uh, from verse 7, or I'm sorry, it'll be verse 8, picking up after this list of these seven principles that God calls us to add to our faith. He says, make every effort, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that faith and faith alone is what brings us salvation, but God calls us to sanctification, and that's what this is. Um, I, I love the Bible that you know speaks to these things, and I'm really bad about eye dresses sometimes. But in the Bible, it says that, uh, uh, gosh, now I drew a complete blank. Uh, that, oh, it says, if, if you know what God's will is this. And so, man, I don't know about you, but if, if I'm reading the Bible and the Bible says God's will is this, well, I'm going to pay real attention to what's going to happen next. Like, what, what am I going to read after that? Because doesn't everybody want to know what the will of God is? I mean, if you knew what the will of God was, then it's almost like the, the, the golden treasure of the meaning of life. It's yeah, like, that will well, okay. be done on earth as it is in right. heaven. So, and, and what it says is the will of God is to be sanctified, right? Mm. And, and that, I mean, that's words of joy right there if you are one who desires this. But if you're one who just wants to get saved and then live your life the way you want to live it and just, you know, get your fire insurance card like... <laughs> One of my pastors used to say, it's escape hell and just you know, live life however you want to because you're saved. Uh, then this isn't for you. Yeah. And, and Jesus says, many will come in my name and I'll say, depart from me for I never knew you. Yeah. And the sad fact is that people love salvation. Like who wouldn't want to spend eternity in heaven with the loving God? But when God calls us to be sanctified in our faith, which are these seven principles, I mean, that's when the rubber hits the road, right? It's yeah. like, well, am I going to be willing to do that? Do I want to do that? Do I desire to do that? Uh, we're not going to be perfect at it, but he says make every effort. Right. 
And you know if you're making every effort or not. Yeah. Uh, but listen to what he says here in verse 8. He says, "For his, if you possess these qualities... These qualities mean the seven things that I yeah. just read, if you possess these qualities. In increasing measure, meaning that you're, you're making every effort to add to your faith these things. You're continuing to grow. What will never graduate from this maturing growth model that God calls us to in sanctification. He says, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive and your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Basically, what he's saying is that you will be productive and effective in the kingdom of God. You'll bear wow. fruit. Wow. You'll your life will be blessed. And it doesn't mean we're promised no suffering, but your life will have meaning. You know, it, it, you'll, you'll see blessings of God. You'll have fruit. Things will, will come from that. And then he says, but whoever does not have them, meaning who does not grow in this way. Yeah, whoever lacks these qualities. Is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. So it's not easy if God is like chastising us. He's just simply saying, you've forgotten already. That's why the verse that you read is, I will remind you of these things. Yeah. Always, and Paul always says, and I will continue to remind you of these things. Because he's basically saying, "You, you just have forgotten already what Christ has done for you and your joy and your understanding of that has diminished so that you you aren't growing and therefore you're not being productive or effective. And the Bible clearly says the branches that don't produce fruit will be cut away and piled up to be burned. Yeah. And that sounds like some harsh stuff, you know, but this is the love of God. God is a just God. He he will not be mocked. Yeah. His law has to be abided by. Uh, and we're covered by the blood of Christ in our imperfections, but God calls us to live out our life this way. If we refuse to do it, we refuse to grow, then we can't expect life to be full for us, uh, nor can we expect that God would bless us or that um, we would see fruit in our life. And, and, and so he's just saying, like, I, I love the wording here. He says, you forgot what God has done for you. And yeah, and I, let me add this too, because what we're not saying, and we say this every time, Bruce and I clearly teach the Bible that says, God, this is how God says it, it is by grace alone, through faith alone, that you are saved. We're not saying these these fruits is what saves you. What we are saying is that when you are a believer, that you are going to produce fruit. We're not saying it. God is. And so I guess if there's no fruit, the question is, is there really salvation? And I'll say this. It's not It's not just a intellectual belief in God, right? It's not just like, I don't want to go to hell. I believe that there is obviously a, a smart creation creator out there, organized, designed by a higher power. That is not good enough. But well, How do I know that? Because even the demons believe and they shudder. So it's just not intellectual belief. It is effectual belief, meaning that effectually believe in God and love God so much that these things that he's calling me to do, I am going to make every effort to do them. Yeah. Right? And the last verse in in this whole thing says that, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. That means you won't lose your salvation. It doesn't mean that you aren't going to have hard times. It means that that your salvation can't be taken away from you. That's right. Uh, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So it's our faith in these promises, our faith, and, and that's the key word for this principle seven. So 
we say principle seven is about love, right? Because that's what it says in the Bible, from mutual affection to love. But it's our faith in a love that we can't comprehend. It's the way God loves, not the way we love. We've turned, in, we've turned love into something that isn't the love that God shows to us. Our definitions of what love is today is so obscured, so perversed. Uh, no, most people don't even know what true love really is. And what God's asking us to do in this principle is to have faith in his love, the way he loves us, yeah. so that we can, even though we won't fully understand, and I, I love to read this, this scripture pertaining to this principle, because this is Paul in 1 Corinthians, and he's saying, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Mm. We won't fully understand God's love. We can't. It's it's a it's an agape love. It's a, a love that you know under the definitions of what we see love, it's unexplainable. Yeah, and, and it's why some people even lose their faith because they they condemn God's love and and that they can't see it because it's imperfect to us right now. We 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 can only see partially the things of God and his love. And that's why, like the whole book of Job, man, the the people who preach health and wealth and prosperity, and that's it, you know, grace and grace alone, uh, as uh, the prosperity gospel, I mean, you've forgotten to read the book of Job. Mm. You know, how how do you explain that book if that's what you believe? And and it's why people lose their faith a lot of times because they'll say, well, I can't believe in a God that will allow these things to happen because God's a good God. And if God's a good God, then why would these things happen? Therefore, there isn't a God. Yeah. And we see in the book of Job the, the calamities that happened to Job. But Job never lost his faith in God. That's right. He never sinned in all that. Although his friends were trying to condemn him and tell him that he must have sinned and he needed to repent, that these things that were happening to him and suffering, he knew that he didn't bring them upon, but he didn't know what was happening. He, all he wanted was an answer from God, and God never gave him the answer. Mm. But he never lost his faith in God. He always knew the source of what all these things were behind. And I love the verse that he says in Job. It says, um, although you slay me, my hope is in you. Yeah. And, and so that's the kind of love we can't understand. It's that tough love. It's that hard love that God allows things to happen. Uh, but God says he'll never leave us. And he's asking us to have this level of faith with him and understanding his kind of love not our kind of love. And, and that's what we really need to glean from this principle is to be able to see. I mean, that's going to help us in so many ways. It's going to help us to trust God. And you had pointed out before we got on to speak in this episode, the first principle, there, I mean, there's keywords to all these principles. And principle one, which is about godliness, it's about goodness, virtue, excellence, right? Yeah. The key word there is trust. That we're having to put our trust in God mm-hmm. for these things because we can't define them. We don't know how. It's obscured. It's not complete the way we'll try to do it. And so there's this level, this mystery of God that we'll never completely understand. Like Paul says, looking in a dim mirror. But God knows. He knows fully us, although we don't know him fully. We have to trust that. And there are going to be plenty of times in our life where 
it seems like we just can't know. We don't know. We, we don't know what God's up to. It seems wrong what's happening, but we have to trust God in that. And I know you want to talk about chapter well, no, eleven in me, Hebrews. Me, well, that that's the thing. Let me let me dangle a carrot for you to take off. Um, when you love someone, or you're trying to understand this love, when I love my wife, I want to please my wife. When I love my kids, I want to please my kids. It doesn't mean that there's not discipline and all that. But what does the Bible say about God? It is impossible to please God without what? Faith. Mm-hmm. You want to know how to please God? Have faith. It's impossible to please God without faith, which does lead into Hebrews chapter 11. Right. And so before you get down into this, what they call the faith chapter and what many people had done in trusting God, and it was because of their faith that they saw the love of God in this. I, I just want to kind of start here, and then we can finish with that, is that I love John chapter 17. If you've never read John chapter 17, please read John 17. Yeah, It's all about this principle that we're talking about and this love that we are called to in this vertical relationship with God. God created the very first relationship, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Yeah. That relationship existed from the beginning of time, and it will always exist. And that in itself is the one true relationship. And in John 17, Jesus is praying to the Father, and he's asking God to bring us into this relationship with him. And it's the same thing Peter's saying, is that we be partakers of the d- divine nature, nature, right? Yeah. What that means is that God's calling us into his relationship with himself so that it would be Father, Son, Spirit, and you, and that you would be part of that relationship. In fact, Jesus says that we would be one with him just as much as he is with the Father, and that we we would receive the same joy that he receives in his relationship with God, yeah. and that that is partaking in the divine nature. It's This is what this principle is all about, is understanding God's love, how to accept that God has accepted you through the blood of Christ if you've surrendered your life to him being your Lord and Savior, that you died for your sins, he's resurrected in your life, now sits at the right hand of the Father, pleading your case, that you would be accepted in this relationship only by your faith because that's what cleanses you. You can't enter into a relationship with God without being perfected. And because you can't be perfect, Jesus is the only one who makes you perfect. It's his death and resurrection that has sanctified, or has cleansed you from the stain that yeah. allows you into this relationship. And so this is what God's calling us. This, this, the great this exchange. God, yeah. Christ is the great exchange, our sin, his perfection. And this relationship that you're talking about that we will enter into is the only one that is all fulfilling. We want nothing. There's nothing else that we need outside of this relationship. There's no desires that can't be fulfilled inside this. There's no longing for anything because a relationship with God is ever and all and teetotally fulfilling. There's nothing that you need. There's nothing that you can desire. There's nothing that's better than that, right? No no more security. I mean, when you try to use adjectives and these different kind of words that can describe what a relationship, the benefits of a relationship with husband and wife, kids, all that, man, there is nothing that is ever needed when you are in relationship with God. Absolutely. I mean, and just think about it, Adam. This this level of faith uh, with God, which it, it happens because of sanctification. So we we trust God. We come into this relationship with Him through Christ and dying for our sins and us surrendering that 
making him Lord and boss of our life, basically, that we would abide in his commandments and, and live that out. But it happens through this maturity in sanctification, and then we're growing. And so it's not, it's not a, a coincidence that the last principle in that growth model, that sanctification model, is coming to a fullness in that relationship with God. That you Think about it. If, if you could reach this level of fullness in partaking in God's divinity, his relationship, what kind of assurance do you have? What, what kind of acceptance do you feel? Like, what kind of, uh, gosh, the, the ability to just be so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sustained. Yeah. Fulfilled. Lacking of nothing. Lacking yeah. of nothing that you, you would have this, I guess there's a word I'm trying to search for. It's this confidence. That's yeah. a confidence that you are in this relationship with God and that then you go face the world and you're bulletproof. Yeah. You know, that means that whatever somebody's going to say to you or whatever the world's going to do, because the world's not changing, that you hold up all the pieces of your armor that God gives you, your shield of faith, your chest plays of righteousness, your helmet of salvation, your belt of truth, your sword of the word of God. You know, these feet of readiness, these shoes of readiness that, that God says in this relationship, you become a warrior yeah. in this kingdom. Yeah, and it's not that it's perfect. There will be days that you don't do that perfect, but you know what? When when you do feel, when you do get hit by a bullet, it's not six months of like depression and in a deep dark hole. It's man, I don't man, I just that person that that really stung. That stung. But when you're in this relationship with Christ, you 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 remind yourself of the promises of God, just yeah. like we just read, and you remember, hey, that's not accurate. You're talking about a bloodstained child of the kingdom. And what I did there, what if you were wrong, I sinned there, I repent, God forgave me. But even if you're right, sometimes, like we just talked last episode, in mutual affection or brotherly affection, sometimes we have to do things that are righteous, that really hurt when people's responses are bad. We move past it because we know, man, what we did honored God. I don't care about what people think. I care about this relationship with God. Yeah. Well, man, I, I want to say this, and then I want you to go into this faith chapter because, you know, I said assurance, I said confidence, but it's really this level of security that God wants us to feel yeah. in this relationship with Him, and that, and that, what you know, I, I worship songs that say basically that, you know, we we have a faith that is impenetrable, that that we're standing on a rock, that we're unshakable, and that the winds can blow and the storms can come, but we'll still be standing on the rock of our salvation. You know, that is Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of all. And that that level of confidence, imagine the things that you can do in life. Because life is still going to hit you smack in the face, and people are still going to die. You're still going to lose jobs. You're still going to have loss and suffering. But how we respond to those things. It's not like God's saying, I don't want you to mourn. There's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations that teaches us how to mourn, right? God knows we're going to suffer. But he said, but your suffering can be shortened. It it won't be long suffering in in that your faith still holds true in a God that says he'll never leave us. He goes before us and behind us. And that this life, God says, is a whisper compared to eternity that we're going to live. And then we just have to endure this. But imagine enduring with that type of confidence versus, look, one of the most human disappointments in the way that we try to protect ourselves or 
uh, this this level of security that we have to, you know, what do they call it? Survival, you know, the, yeah. the human instinct, instinct yeah. is, you know, is that we're all trying to have this self-preservation. Yeah. You know, whether it be money or whether it be friends, or whether it be possessions or whatever it is, this clout that we all build up and store into our own little ways to say, well, now I feel secure. Now I've got, you know, the walls around me up and, and, and you know, I can feel I'm not afraid anymore, you know, kind of thing. God says, all that stuff's going to crumble, man. If that's what you're counting on, that's all you'll ever have. Yeah. And But this this level of confidence and security and 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 how we survive, right, and, and the, the believing in the, the love that God has for us and us being part of that relationship, God says that we, he calls us our his prize possession more than any other creation that he's ever made. You know, God loves us. Yeah. That's just, it, there's no words to put to that. I'm sitting here scrambling, trying to find them. But yeah, uh, man, if you can feel like that when you get up during the day and you immediately connect to God in that relationship, when you get up, you say, mm. thank you, God, for this day. You breathe breath into my lungs once more for me to go out, share your truth, your gospel, live life large with joy. And man, who can penetrate that? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to try, because we have a real enemy of God who wants to destroy us. Yeah. So watch this. Watch this. We're going to close with this. But watch this. The key word for love is faith, right? And right. we talked about key words. It's these words that Bruce is uh, adding to this principle. The principle is love, but he's adding a key word called faith because it's supposed to stir things up towards love. Watch how naturally, if we're going to talk about faith, we're going to go to the Hall of Fame chapter of faith. If you don't know that, maybe you're not a Bible nerd like us. <laughs> but Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Fame of faith. Well, naturally, we're going to go there and we're talking about faith. But watch how this comes full circle to talk about security, talk about endurance, talk about hating shame. Watch how this is going to come full circle. So Hebrews 11 opens up and gives us a definition. It says this, now faith is the assurance, because it's the definition of faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that, so that what is seen was not made out of things that is not seen. And then it just goes through and it gives these just rock stars of faith. By faith, Abel. By faith, Abraham. By faith, uh, Moses. By faith, the people of Egypt walked through Red Sea. By faith, uh, it just gives these, by faith, Rah Rah Rahab, the prostitute. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. And then it goes on and says this. The author of Hebrews says, And what more shall I say, for time would fail me to talk about so many other people? Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, of Samuel, who through conquered kingdoms and enforced justice and obtained promises, stopped mouths of lions and quenched the power of fire, escaping the edge of sword, and were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put, former, uh, put foreign armies to fight, to flight. All of this awesome stuff about faith. And here's where the security part comes in. Because I've heard it put this way, um, right here, the author of Hebrews goes very Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> he starts talking about all of these great things about faith, shutting mouths of lions, putting out arrows, chasing off armies. And then it goes from really good to not so good. Or it even adds like women receive back their dead, you know, this really good stuff. But then it goes Quentin Tarantino. By faith, some were tortured. Wait, what? 
What happened to the mouths of lions closing? By faith, some refused to accept release so they might not so they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even uh, chains and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed they were, with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. Here's what I would lay before you. When you really process this, of course, everyone wants the mouths of lions. Everyone wants to chase off the, the armies and have that kind of thing happen to them. How much of a life... Because when you really read this, I almost would rather be the guy that could be tortured, tortured. This is this is like first century torture, yeah. bro. This isn't like the the waterboarding. You know, yeah, <laughs> this is first century torture, and it says they refused to accept release. Let me break that down. Hey, I'm going to torture you if you keep talking about Jesus. Torture you, but. If you stop and you make a vow to stop, we'll let you go. Here's the response. Nope. I'll keep getting tortured. I don't know if I wouldn't rather have that faith. I wouldn't rather have that kind of lifestyle. What do you do with a guy like that? You can do nothing. No, I'm cool. Keep torturing me. Who is this guy in there? I don't know, but he's saying keep torturing him because he's going to talk about this Jesus guy. Man, so you can kind of see how secure that is when you have that love and your faith in God. It doesn't matter what's going on. And then it says this, and this is actually rolling into chapter 12. It says this, therefore, it gives this whole list of different circumstances, different people. Therefore, since we are surrounded, watch the full circle here, Bruce. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Mm. Whew. You kidding me? Wow. You kidding me? Let's do this thing, man. I want to go out there and like run through a wall right now. I don't know. <laughs> Wrestle of lion. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, because the, the, the very first place we start in adding to our faith, uh, this level of maturity, this sanctification, you know, God starts us off with learning how to trust him. Yeah. Goodness, yeah. which the key word is trust. What's yeah. good? God. Yeah, because we don't necessarily know what good is. And we've trusted things our whole life that we thought were good, but hurt us. And, and God's trying to give us security in what goodness really is, and it comes only from Him, and that we put our trust in that, even though we don't know what uh, it's all about. I love how chapter 11 starts off. It says that our uh, our faith is about hope and what we can't see, but we know to be true. Yeah, It's a hope. Yeah, And, and man, that's really what we tell our guys when they come into S2L. It's... Look, there is hope for you. That's right. And, and it's not just some fake kind of hope of, oh, it could look a little better or it could look like this. No, we're talking about hope to the degree that you would be sitting next to the throne of God kind of hope. Yeah. You know? And, man, you know what? Some of those things later in that chapter, it talks about specifically like i love this one where abraham you know we all know the story of abraham was called to sacrifice his son isaac right and that god let him out and his son like carried the wood for the the altar and you know at some point his son 
because a lot of people don't look at it this way, that it was only the faith of Abraham, but the faith of Isaac, who knew at some point, he was a young boy, but he knew all the other times that he'd been out with his dad to sacrifice goats and lambs. It's like, well, we, we don't have a goat or lamb, and I'm carrying the firewood, and yeah. we're now here, and, you know, hey, I think I'm the sacrifice, right? Yeah. But he didn't fight it. He got up there on that, on that altar and allowed for his father to hold the knife above him and the Bible says that Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead and trusted his son's life in the hands through faith conquered kingdoms. Yeah. And so there's that word trust, that he trusted God, that even if he were to bring the knife through his son and do the thing that God was asking him to do, that he knew it was for a good reason, that he knew that there was some outcome from it, um, that his son would either be brought back to life or in the afterlife he would have a better life or that something was going to come out of it, and and he trusted God. And so, yeah, it comes full circle. It's this trust and then this faith and everything in between that we grow in understanding that. And that's what God calls us to in this relationship with him. Uh, Jesus never once feared his life. He knew exactly what was going to happen to him, and he accepted it and walked into it. Now, we're not God and know all things, right? But he embraced that, and he's saying to us, like, embrace what is going to happen to you in life, whether good or bad in the valleys or in the mountaintops, that you can have the same kind of joy because that joy rests in the hope that God provides for us and that it's not just about this life. It's about something much grander than all this is going on. And I love it in, in First Peter, I believe it's First Peter, where it says, even the angels are eagerly watching all these things happen. That, man, we as human beings, God's prized possession created like no other creature that God gave us free will to choose him, to have faith in him, to enter in and partake in this divine relationship with him, that we are able to do things in the kingdom of God that no other creation has ever been able to do. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's kind of the time we have, man. Bruce and I want to challenge you guys uh, as we close out season one. So... The next couple, I don't know how long, maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month, we want to challenge you. Do a study. Do a study. If you're listening, I know there's quite a few listeners that don't battle addiction, right? Uh, And I know there's a lot that have. So if you're a listener, whether you've battled addiction or not, or you're currently battling addiction, do a study. Do a study on 2 Peter chapter 1. Great resources. Go to our website. You can get the book to help you walk through that. Yeah. And, And I would say... Do a study so you could have this growth, this growth that comes from goodness or virtue. You're adding to your faith knowledge. You're adding to your faith self-control. You're adding to your faith endurance. You're adding to your faith godliness. You're adding to your faith a mutual affection, a brotherly affection. You're adding to your faith love. Go back and listen to these episodes again, the last seven. But man, why do we challenge you? We want to challenge you so you grow and so that you're not ineffective so that you're producing fruit, so that you have this confidence inside of this relationship with God that you could say, you know what? You know what? Torture me. You know what? I'll, I'll walk around. And it's talking about some in Hebrews there that it was too. It's talking about people walking around in these very cheap clothes. They weren't, they weren't um, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. They're in caves. They're having to dwell. But the very next verse said that, man, those people, you, you couldn't even compare them to the rest of the world. They were so, they were, let me read it actually. You can't even compare them. And these, though commended through their faith, uh, hold on, 
They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not even worthy. Hmm. The world was not even worthy of these people. Man, grow in your faith. Learn to see God in this way. Hmm. Walk in this stuff, man. And guess what? When troubles come, because they're coming. We're promised they're coming. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart of overcome the world. Let's see how we can let's see how we can march to this morning. Like Bruce was just saying, you wake up and you thank God for breath. You thank God for another opportunity to serve him. Well, man, I bet that this world could change. The ripple effect, the wave that could happen when true believers are stop being satisfied with just the the salvation. Right? The gospel isn't about just salvation, but they want to grow. Bruce, I couldn't even imagine what this world could turn into if people started being like this, man. People started looking to God. Imagine what would happen. Yeah. This crazy sins would be eradicated. Abortion Absolutely. would be done. Uh, all of these things, divorce, uh, addiction, this stuff would be eradicated in the world that we would live in if we would just do it the way God said. Well, there's the famous last words right there. <laughs> you know, uh, I do want to say this, and we'll close out. Uh, this this podcast is called Life After Addiction, but you, you you could also just call it Life After Idolatry. Sure, you know it, it. Even though we're addressing some things that have to do with addiction and how people could endure past that and be uh, no longer called an addict and not have to live underneath the, that kind of identity because God sets us free, and He says, "Who's who? Who the Son sets free is free indeed." Uh, but that this is. This pertains to everyone, every human being that God calls to salvation and sanctification and this growth on how we are to live our life, how are we are to endure. It's the things that we put in front of God, whether it be an addiction or whether it's money or some codependency for this or your career or whatever, whatever's standing in the way between you and God and this growth so that you can endure life, be effective, and be heralded entering into the kingdom of God at the end of your days. Um, this is what we're all called to do. That's right. That's right. Guys, season one officially coming to a close. Thank you so much for the kind words, the support, the emails, the encouragement. Guys, we couldn't, we went, we're not doing this. We're doing this because God's called us to, but God's called us to because he knows people are going to listen and is, man, his word's gone out. Dive into it. I hope we, our hope is that this podcast stirs your affection to after the podcast, open up his word. Absolutely. Pray do these things. Guys, we love you. Thanks for a great season one. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air, they're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.